Joy. You know, it's, it's a joy to be alive. It is a joy to sit on this couch. I love it. it it's very nice. It's peaceful as well. And I'm tempted to do the whole message from right here. I'm not going to. Because it is a joy to be alive. But, you know, life is not always easy. There's joy, but there's, there's pain as well as comfort. There's sorrow as well as happiness. There's, there's challenges as well as victories. You know, there's the rose and the thorn. It's all part of that messy mix of things that we call the experience of life. And actually, it's being able to experience all of it that actually makes it joyful. We find the contrast in the extreme. It makes us appreciate joy. So life really is a gift. And you've all heard this before. But right now is a gift, and that's why we call it the... Yeah, yeah. We'll keep saying that. At least I will, because I, I like a little corn in my life. There's joy in corn. But I really want to focus today beyond the present to the present, the gift of present. Because where we are and what we're doing is what we are doing. And it's really amidst the challenges of life, we find the joy. So one of the things, I was thinking to myself, like, what am I joyful for? And I thought, it's interesting, I thought this about a week ago, and things have been shifting. Um, but what I thought initially was, I have so much more freedom at least I feel I have more freedom this Christmas than I did last year. I'm doing things this year that I wasn't doing last year because there were reasons not to do it. Socially, especially. Being with family. Spending time together. And this year I feel, because of things that have changed for me, more confident to embrace those situations and be more social. And I'm like, yeah, that's good stuff. You know, it's... It's often we don't appreciate things until we don't have them. Like Joni Mitchell said. Anybody remember Joni Mitchell? Wait, what is it? You don't know what you got till it's gone? And then something about a parking lot. <laughs> I don't think she's talking about the joy in parking lots, but the joy about what might have been. By the way, there, there is joy in parking lots. I mean, they, they do serve a purpose. But what was there before that's now gone that we maybe didn't appreciate? And, and I think that's one of the challenges of life is to appreciate the freedoms that you have. And I was thinking then about how much joy is related to freedom. The freedom to be me. That's, that's probably the... If you, I always have that freedom. You know, Sometimes I don't feel like I have the freedom. So I started thinking more about freedom. And I thought, well, physical freedom, that is something that can be a little uh, temporary. Like, I can lose my physical freedom. I could, uh, I could be confined, uh, either because of uh, something, consequence of something I did. I might end up in a cell with bars, or I'd probably get one of those cushy modern prisons. 
But still, you're not free to do what you want because you're physically confined. Or I might be confined in the prison of a, a job that I hate, that I feel like I have to do, and I feel, I feel physically confined. I might also have a disability that physically limits me and confines me to not having that full range of movement, either through something I was born with or an accident or something that happened. So there are really real ways that I can lose physical freedom. And I thought, what about mental freedom? What about consciousness? And I thought, well, no. I can't lose that freedom. And yet, I often try to trick myself into thinking that I have. I think that people are making me do things. I have to be a certain way. I can't do this. I got to do that. There's an enemy. I got to fight them. I got to win. But I know Greg and I both share a knowledge of Victor Frankl, and I know we're not alone. For those of you that don't know Victor Frankl, I mean, he was the, the unique person that was a psychiatrist living in a concentration camp. So he was both experiencing that confinement but also studying himself and others in their presence in that environment. And anyway, the bottom line is there's a whole story around that that's fascinating, a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Some of you have seen it, read it. But at the end, he says, we never lose the last remaining freedom of humanity as man, and that is that freedom to choose how we respond to our circumstances. That's consciousness. And so now we come to the Christ consciousness and that, that gift that that is. But, but in that, that mental games that we play, there's requirements. You know, in life, we come again, up against requirements. And, 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 and I was thinking about the difference between requirements and agreements. And it seems to me that requirements are things coming at me. I can convince myself that it's things people are trying to tell me I have to do. But, you know, I, I've heard this other saying that, you know, no one can hurt you without your agreement. I'm not talking about physical hurt. Somebody can hit you with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. But I'm talking about more of the consciousness, the mental, the, the emotional hurt. I, let's just go with it. Agreement comes from me. So that's where it comes together, where the requirement comes, and then I say, I'm going to agree with that requirement. And I'm either going to do that in a way that I might consider to be submission. Okay, they got this requirement. I'm going to agree to do it because I am tired of fighting the man. <laughs> I'm just, they've got me. I'm just going to submit. That's kind of a defeatist thing. It's actually a choice that I see it that way because I can also see it from this perspective of cooperation. I'm going to agree to fulfill that requirement, and I'm going to see the thing. This is in submission. It's hard to find the joy. That's why I'm talking about this. Whereas in cooperation, you can find the joy because I'm doing this because I see the mutual benefit for all of us collectively and even for me individually. That's called community. The Latin come means with. And then unity. Community. With unity. And here we are in unity. I love this. You know? Because I think that that's a big part of what we do. That's why 
I love what Greg said, is that it makes a difference when you come unity. When you, when you are physically here and your presence, regardless of what I'm talking about, or whoever happens to be up in this role, the fact that you're all together, even if you don't say a word to each other, you influence each other, you make a difference to each other, and you keep emphasizing how significant your presence is. We underestimate the impact. I'll just give you an example. Last Sunday, is Kathy here today? Because I was thinking she should bring some more cookies. Now, because of you, now, you weren't the theme of this story, but I wanted to bring it up because I do appreciate your presence was behind a lot of cookies happening. I like the ones with the icing and the fudge or the brownies the best. But, you know, there was a lot of different cookies. You know why? Because in community, there's a lot of different cookies for a lot of different people. And the, the diversity of us is a beautiful thing to find joy in. But anyway, the thing that I really want to emphasize from last week is when I was sitting next to somebody, standing, standing next to someone, in what used to be the community room, which now the community room was the sanctuary. This is the sanctuary. The community room now is where the children do their thing, I guess. And someone said, I don't think there's been this many people in this room since we used to do church in the other room. There was a lot of people in there. And the kids did their thing, and it was wonderful. But what was really wonderful was how everybody went. And you just wonder, when you do things, you know, why do old men plant trees? Because they're not going to enjoy the shade in their lifetime. And yet they plant the trees because they know it matters to those that are young. And the gift of your presence. You know, that you ask the kids, oh, do they, oh no, we did our thing, it was fine, yeah. They're not going to tell you it changed my life. Because they don't even know. But it does. No, and it does. Because showing up is the greatest gift you have to give. And when people, they see that you care. And it, it matters. It matters. Yeah. Well, I, I, I always have to tell this story about cooperation. You know, we make agree, there's a requirement, and we agree. It's such a good example, but, you know, Michael Stanley, uh, band, Michael Stanley, he died recently, and, and, and I think it was two weeks ago they had these honoring concerts at, um, at one of the places. It used to be uh, uh, Northfield, MGM, I think they call it now. It doesn't matter. But he had that song, Thank God for the Man Who Put the White Lines on the Highway. You know, very famous song. Anyway, we all have disagreement about the yellow line on the highway. It's a requirement. You stay in your lane, I'll stay in mine. We agree to it. Why? Well, first of all, because we know God, because there's a lot of joy in living, as I mentioned in the beginning, after the couch thing. And 
It's because of those agreements that we have so much more freedom. Because we can go out on the road, we're not worried. Three in the morning, even it's like I know he's going to stay on his side the vast majority of the time. I'm going to stay on mine, and we feel free to move. If we didn't have these requirements that we agreed to, we'd have less freedom and more chaos. And yet, we have a lot of energy in our community about no one's going to make requirements on me. I encourage us all to find that path toward cooperation because we all gain freedom, not lose freedom, by agreeing to those requirements. I also saw a big mistake I make in my life. I call it um, not looking through the lens of joy. <laughs> um, like Joni Mitchell, I just often overlook the awesomeness of right now, here, this moment. Because I always, there's so much pressure. Maybe it's human nature or human habit. Maybe it's American society. But there's all this pressure that we've got to get better. We've got to improve. We've always got this pressure from moving, moving instead of being and enjoying. And I look back and someone, this is when you see the pictures on Facebook. Oh, man, I thought I was so such and such when I was 25. Boy, what I wouldn't give to be 25 again. Or something like that. You guys know what I'm talking about. And so what I, as I go through this process of today, this message and, and the idea of joy in my life, is to remind myself to find the joy and the awesomeness in the right now. This is special what we're doing. And we're free to do it. And here we are choosing it and being with each other. Don't underestimate, or let me just say it this way, more fully appreciate the awesomeness of your presence and your part of this whole. That's joyful. So, there's joy in life. That's the joy in my presence. Wherever I am, I take my joy with me. <laughs> there's the joy in the community. That's the joy in the presence of others. And then there's the joy in my faith, which is the joy in the presence of Christ. I thought I should mention a couple things about Christ, or at least Jesus. After all, we are celebrating Jesus' birthday on Saturday. Now, it's not probably really Jesus' birthday. <laughs> but we talked about that last week. That the story doesn't have to be true to have meaning and purpose. Um, but I don't know when Jesus was born, but I'm pretty confident that he was born. And I don't know where he was born, and I don't care. Because something is special about this man that we know historically is Jesus. But we live in this, 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 this awareness of Christ consciousness. I know it makes a difference in my life, kindness and love and compassion and, and being able to see God through that lens. What about before him? You know, what was it like before Jesus was born? We didn't have this way of seeing things. And, and, and we could spend some time, using Christmas Eve, I like to talk about light and, and the importance of light. And the reason we celebrate Jesus' birthday on December 25th is because it's when, in the Northern Hemisphere, the light starts to come back. 
Because for thousands, maybe more than thousands of years, humans in their evolution have known that life comes from light. And the sun goes away, goes away, goes away, and then all of a sudden it decides to stop for just an instant, and then it starts to come back. And the return of light brings light. And so it's natural that, 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 that the early church, and the first Christmas wasn't until like the fourth century, so it's not like it happened like the day after. But Jesus didn't have birthday parties, <laughs> I don't think. But the return of the light, and really, that's what this guy, this, not, not this God, this God, just like you and me, as he said, you can do all the things I do. This guy named Jesus, he saw things differently. You know who else did? Bruce. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. You're too kind. Albert. Albert Einstein. Think about before Albert. Now, now Isaac Newton did us a... He, 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 was a, he was a guy for his time. He taught us a way of seeing it. So, so did Kepler, Kepler and Copernicus and Galileo. I mean, they all had their moment. But Einstein really shifted seismically the way we think about time and space. And, and I'm saying to some degree, I see Jesus as the Einstein of his moment. Because he changed the way we see God. And I don't have time to go into the details, but I'm going to tell you, those people that, whatever he was selling, people were buying. And it, I can only imagine how, I mean, we, we see it through the lens of 2,000 years of amplifying the story, just like we see Christmas through all the craziness we've made of it. It's all wonderful, but it's still crazy. But Jesus, in that simple, I wish he was a carpenter, but he was definitely a simple man. But he had an idea and a relationship and an understanding and a confidence in his knowing of God. That we're talking about today. You talk about eternal life. This guy's not going away. He's living through us. And I'm just talking about the Jesus part, not the Christ energy. He changed everything by his presence. And that's what we're celebrating, is that presence. But we're not celebrating it just... We could have the uh, spiritual practice now. Uh, we're not celebrating it just because of Him. We're celebrating it because of what He said, and I'll say it again. Everything He did, we can do if we do the same thing He did, which is love God with all your heart and love each other. Those are requirements. I'm offering you the opportunity to agree with them for the good it'll bring. And the Christ energy that He tapped into and showed us the way to tap into ourselves. He said, I'm not going away. It's always going to be with you. Oh, this is just the end of it. Um, let me share a little bit more. The, the quote is Matthew 28, 20, the Scripture. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. You've heard that before, haven't you? Do you believe it? You don't have to answer it. So, use the gift of our presence. The way He used His. 
you know, it wasn't easy for the early, they weren't even Christians until somebody started calling them that, but then Jews, a different idea of Jews. Not the angry God that requires sacrifice, but the loving God. Later we'll talk about that whole surrogate sacrifice story in Christianity. Because it's a little crazy, but even crazy stories have meaning and purpose. Last week. But this week, the greatest gift we have to offer is our time. Like we did last Sunday with the children. Like we are doing right now with each other. Our presence, where we show up, is the clearest demonstration of what matters most. But it's not just where, it's also how. So, by the way, you've heard this, I love it. Wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) Right? So, as we go, it's changed a little. See, life is clumsy and messy. We just roll with it because I believe inherently everybody's contribution is advancing the benevolence of it. And so I use, I'm practicing that. Remember three weeks ago we talked about grace? So as you move forward with your presence this holiday season, and hopefully forever, ever and ever and ever and ever, Let's practice being intentional with our presence. So we're going to do this by relying on faith. I'm bringing up the Advent liturgies here. Faith, believing in ourselves and others, especially believing in yourself. You're amazing. You're the baby God. I'm making it a requirement. Submit. No. Cooperate. Please. Use peace. Blessing each other with the gift of grace. None of us are as good as we think we are, but we're all better than others think we are. (laughs) And love. Letting our hearts determine the meaning and the purpose of our actions. And do all of these things to bring joy to each other, appreciating and celebrating our moments together. So, joy to you. Joy to you. Joy to the world. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.